As a social researcher, Shanti Feldhahn has been used by God to help thousands of couples, families, and individuals better understand the relationships they're in and the reasons people often struggle to understand each other. The author of books like The Kindness Challenge, For Women Only, and Thriving in Love and Money, Shanti has been a frequent guest here on The Morning Conversation. And this morning, we are revisiting a conversation with Shanti from last year when we connected with her about kids and their mental health. Shanti, I'd be curious about what your thoughts are in terms of kind of where kids are at today. We've walked through the lockdowns and COVID and the riots and all the things that kids have gone through. And I know that there's a national concern about the just the mental yeah. health of our teens. I'd love to hear your yeah. perspective on that. There's a reason for the concern. The mental health issues affecting, really affecting everybody mm-hmm. have just skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really crazy. Lately, I've been doing a lot of events on finding joy, no matter our circumstances. Mm-hmm. And talking about the fact that just statistically, it's gotten alarming. One of the statistics that I share is that I should explain there are groups of researchers who will every, let's just say once a year, once every two years, they'll do a a big national survey to sort of take the pulse on whatever the issue is. And so this one in January of 2019 was to take the pulse of mental health. And there was a lot of alarm because the percentage of people who were dealing with clinically significant depression or anxiety, meaning rising to a level where, for example, it might require medication or whatever, had risen to 11% of the the population of adults. And that alarmed the mental health community because it was so high. And they did that same survey in January of 2021, and that number had gone to 41%. Oh, wow. It's not even in the same universe as what it used to be. And really, if there's anyone here listening who's in the mental health community and treat, you know, treatment, counseling, whatever, God bless you, because I know you are getting no sleep because <laughs> the needs are so acute. And that it should not surprise us, has translated into our kids as well. And so the studies that have been done of our children and our teenagers the mental health issues are really skyrocketing. It, it sort of depends on the age and it depends on the life circumstance, but you're talking about somewhere from 30 to 50% of kids have these really acute mental health issues. And it's almost 100% that have something that have some sense of anxiety and worry and stress that's just different Mm -hmm. because of having to walk through what they've walked through the last couple of years. Shante, you know, so we're talking about this whole mental health and with our kids. And, you know, I remember talking to friends probably two decades ago. If you want a career that will never be in short demand, there's two. One is physical health. As a country, we do horrible in our yes. physical health. So I knew like that our health is continuing to go down as a country. And I said the other one would be emotional health. All the things that are going on in our world. Now throw in the last two years on top of all that. One of the main starting points is that we as adults are freaking out. Hmm. Like I said, there's this immense increase in anxiety, depression, stress, trauma, etc. 
in the adult population. And that's one of the reasons that I'm spending a lot of time doing what I'm doing now. For example, going to churches and doing events on how do you find joy regardless, because we've got to get our stuff together. The thing that I spend a lot of time and passion on now is we of all people should be the ones who should be able to handle this the best. You know, we've been told that we have to be able to find joy and peace and rest and comfort and to comfort others regardless of what the circumstances are. Because the second piece of the puzzle is that our kids are still learning life, right? They're still learning how to manage their mindset. That a reality is such that they're learning for us as parents. We have to get our stuff together. The classic example has really been a touch point for me personally with you know, everything that's gone on in our family and in my health journey and everything over the last number of years is the story of Jesus in the boat with the disciples. That whole story of where the storm came up and they're like, you know, Jesus, don't you care? And if you look at the context of that, he was leaving in the evening after a day of ministry to go across the Sea of Galilee to the other side. The disciples were fishermen, like they knew you would never do that. But I think the concept was they felt like they were with Jesus, so nothing bad would happen. I think we're the same. We just don't expect these storms and we want our peace to come because the storms go away, as opposed to Jesus saying, no, <laughs> like the storms are going to happen and you need to find peace with me in the storm. That is a mindset that it is going to be hard to help our kids with if we don't have it. Shante, again, when you listen to the commentary and the narrative out there about uh, just kids in the mental health space, we don't know what to do with this, what's happened. But one of those pieces, I guess, when you just think practically of like, how do we as parents help our kids? One of them is we need to be in relationship with our kids. I'd love your thoughts on this whole, the importance of really parents' relationship, not just functional. A number of years ago, we spent about six or seven years where we did three major studies of teenagers back to back. One of the research projects led to the our book for parents only, you know, to help kind of get inside the heads of our kids. Mm. And one of the things that we saw very, very strongly, first of all, the kids wanted to be in relationship Absolutely. with the parents. That's something that parents doubt. Absolutely. <laughs> Don't doubt it because they want that. It turns out it's a bit of a misnomer to say who's a bigger influence on kids. Mm. Is it parents or peers or whatever? Because actually the greatest influence on kids is neither of those two things. Mm. The, the greatest influence is the desire for freedom, mm. actually, mm. at that age. Mm. Everything revolves around that, which is what they're supposed to be going for eventually. Like that's a healthy desire. What we actually found is that if a parent will recognize that and try to come alongside that and steer it, it opens up all these opportunities and for relationship. It's not necessarily always going to look like what we are urged to make it look like, which is, hey, let's have a family dinner. Let's sit down, let's go around the table and ask everybody a question because that does work sometimes. What we found in our own family and what the kids talked about in the research is that it's maybe not as effective, but close to it to use the cracks of the day 
and to use the windows of opportunity that pop up out of nowhere, it's just a little moment, a little window of opportunity. The issue, of course, is that that means you have to be there for those windows of opportunity. Mm -hmm. Like you have to physically be present in those moments. And that is hard, but that is just as important as let's do the official conversation around the dinner table. It's interesting, Shante, as you were just sharing about how it's important for parents to be there in quantity enough to be able to take advantage of those, you call them cracks in the day. Cracks in the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So interesting because I remember hearing a, a guy talk once and he was talking about, he would say the fallacy of quality time because he'd say, you know, people want, I'll give them quality time because I can't give them quantity time. He says, there's no quality time without quantity time because you can't program and schedule quality time. The quality time just happens or doesn't happen at different times. You just can't always make it happen. So if there's not the quantity there, you're not going to hit the quality either. Well, and that is definitely true. One of the things that I want to encourage parents though, is that we all know that not every parent is going to have those same opportunities for quantity time, Hmm. right? Like, I mean, it is hard for a lot of families where they're just trying to make ends meet and work in two or three jobs and It can be difficult. And I really do want to encourage the parents that are in that kind of position that, yeah, you can't program those windows of opportunity. They happen or they don't. But to some degree, you can kind of prime the pump. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that you were talking about that I think is important as a pump primer, (laughs) I don't know if that's the right (laughs) phrase. It works for me. (laughs) Is this concept of we have a lot of hand wringing right now about the state of our kids. And the kids hear that too. It opens up the space to have a great conversation if you don't necessarily go along with that. And if you don't necessarily assume that your kids are in a really bad place with such and such, or that they're always giving into temptation on such and such, because then you become the type of parent who's A, not around very much, but then B, when you are around, you're suspicious. And instead, to be able to open up the conversation by, and this is going to sound kind of weird, but actually assuming that there are really good things about what your child is doing and that there are temptations that they are avoiding and Mm. that they are fighting, even if maybe they give in to some others you wish they wouldn't, it becomes a real open door to have these very meaningful conversations with your child, which are the kind of thing that you can kind of schedule if that's the only opportunity that you have. Shante, I'd love to hear a little bit more about this concept of assuming your kids are doing some things positive, looking for those positive things. I remember hearing this uh, youth trainer and I've never forgotten it. It's a simple thing. He talked about how like your kid brings a report card home and there's six A's and one F. He said, what's the first thing you say? What happened to the F, right? You go straight to the F. Like, they got six A's. I don't think I even had kids back then, but it just so resonated with me. I'm like, I could totally see myself doing that. That's where your mind goes. So we're so quick to find the negative and be responsive to the negative. If we're not careful, we don't give enough effort into identifying and investing in the positive. And the kids notice that. Big picture to little picture. Okay, big picture is that 
one of the things that's been incredibly encouraging over the last number of years, much of the risky behavior that we've been trying to fight for 20 years as a culture has been diminishing. Like teenage pregnancies are way down. Drug use is way down. Alcohol use is way down. Like it doesn't mean that all those things don't happen. They do still happen. It's just kids are fighting that temptation at better rates. And they deserve credit for that. Like that's the kind of thing that the temptations are still there. But the messaging about healthy choices have been getting through. The micro reality is that every kid has those temptations and they will give in to some of them and not give in to some of them. The kids have told us it is a powerful thing when mom and dad don't just focus, like you said, on the F, right? Like they don't just focus on the negative and they give them credit where credit is due. Doesn't mean you hide your head in the sand. That's also another issue that plenty of people, me included, I'm sure need to fight. Like my baby can do no wrong. Well, okay. I hate to tell you this, (laughs) but it was, I can't remember what the number was. It was like 90% of the kids were like, yeah, I hate to tell you this, but I'm kind of going to do what I want to do. Like I will figure out a way if I have to. And so they have the temptations, but that's even more of a reason why it's important to honor provide honor where honor is due. Well, Shante, I always enjoy our times. And kind of as we close our time, I guess I would would, uh, just invite you to speak to the parents and just a word that you'd want to say to them in terms of their kids and the day and age that we're living in right now. I guess the most important thing is I want to encourage them, the parents. We actually recently on our blog published um, the verbatim responses of hundreds of teenagers, I can't remember, four or 500 teenagers Mm. that were part of the study that we did for for parents only. And we had basically, after all the surveys, where they were very honest, like these kids were very blunt about (laughs) what their feelings were. But then at the end, we gave them a blank space. And we said, look, if you knew that today was your last day with your parents, what would you want to say to them? And these same kids that had been pretty harsh about some other things just poured out their hearts. Like in the end, all of the controversy and all of the disconnect and the you're not listening to me and all that kind of stuff, it it didn't matter. And these kids, it was something like 96%, I can't remember that number, 98%, some large percentage of the kids just poured out their hearts saying the thing I'd most want them to know is how much I love them and appreciate them. And I'm sorry, I've been such a brat. (laughs) And when I'm a parent, I'm going to parent just like them. Like, literally, you cannot read this list as a parent without just bawling. And it's true. This is how our kids feel about us. And that's my encouragement to the parents listening to this is that it may not look like it, but that is how they feel. And even though we don't feel like we're doing it perfectly, which we're not, we are still doing the best we can. And they see that. Well, Shanti, one thing we can always count on from you is something encouraging. You didn't disappoint. We are so grateful. Thanks for spending the morning with us. Yep, absolutely. Thanks so much.